Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, again, I want to thank you for being out here this weekend. We're going to continue in our series that we've called Ghost Stories. And if you've been with us, you know that we've spent some time over the last few weeks looking at the Holy Spirit. And uh, I know I've had many of you come up to me and say that uh, it's, been, it's been interesting for you. Some of you have come from other denominational backgrounds. My wife and I were actually helping in the clothing closet today and had a, a woman come and she said last weekend was her first weekend at church. And she said that she comes from a completely different uh, religious background. And so she wants to learn more and more about what the Holy Spirit is uh, who he is and what that means for her life. And that excites me. It always excites me when we begin to ask questions and dig deeper because the, the word of God is so deep that we can never fully understand it, but we should always be seeking to understand it more. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so I appreciate you coming. I know for some of you, this is a topic that has made you uncomfortable in the past. And I hope that as we've spent some time digging into it, you begin to understand a little bit more about who he is. Over the last three weeks, we've talked about how the Holy Spirit has always been, um, he wasn't just, he didn't all of a sudden just show up in scripture on the day of Pentecost. He was from the beginning in the, in the second verse of the Bible, Holy Spirit was there hovering over the waters as God spoke. He began to put things into motion and we've seen throughout scripture that he is, he has been active and always there. Then we talked about the indwelling versus the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And for some denominations, this is where they get stuck. They believe that that's the same thing. But we looked in Acts and we saw that there are multiple examples of the fact that people who accept, accepted Jesus and made the decision to follow him, that there was a sec, second thing that took place when someone would pray and ask, then the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit would happen. And that's a whole different thing. And then uh, we talked about how the baptism of the Holy Spirit it brings us power. And so I told you as we started this series that every weekend I was going to show you places in the Old Testament where Holy Spirit was active. And the reason I want to do that is because I want us to understand that he is integral in everything. He is not just on the day of Pentecost and only for those who call themselves Pentecostal, they get the Holy Spirit and everybody. No, he is active and he has been active. And so I want to read a story that we find in Ezekiel chapter 37. But before that, I want you to understand some of you are fairly new to church and maybe you've been coming and there are weeks where uh, one thing that I've noticed over probably the last two or three years that worship leaders really like to sing about dry bones. Anybody notice that recently? There's a lot of songs talking about dry bones. One of the most famous songs for a while was called Rattle, and it's talking about dry bones coming to life. And that's great. For those of us who've been in the church, we totally understand that reference. But if you're new to the church, you're like, why are they singing about bones all the time? I'm going to tell you why we're singing about bones all the time. We're going to look at this story that we find in Ezekiel chapter 37. It starts with verse 1. It says this, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to the valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. 
Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet as a great army. Let's pray. God, in these next few moments, I praise you because you are so good. Lord Jesus, you have the best for us. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to us today, that, that you would show us the goodness that you have for us. God, I'm so grateful because you are moving Things are changing. We hear stories all the time of people who are surrendering, surrendering their lives to you and you are having an impact. God, I thank you for those who are joining with us in Star Valley, Wyoming, and those who will, will join with us in Malawi. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the prison system and, and how you're making a change in people's lives. It's not because of us. It's not because of my preaching or because of our worship, it's because of who you are and you're so faithful and we thank you for that. So God, I pray that wherever we find ourselves in our faith journey today, that we will, that we will open our hearts and our minds to understand who you are and what you're calling your church to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So the Hebrew word uh, ruah, it was interpreted with breath and that's what would have been said here. It also means wind and it's interchangeable with the word spirit. So in this story, we see that God is breathing his spirit to create this mighty army. Can I just tell you, this world is getting worse and worse. And I know I say that a lot, but I think we need to, we need to wake up and we need to understand that the enemy is, is doing a full court press. He's doing everything that he can to be destructive. He's doing everything that he can to destroy our children. He's doing everything that he can to destroy our marriages. He's doing everything that he can to destroy us. And we need to understand that God is calling his church to rise up and to be a great army again. Amen. As the church, we often feel powerless to do anything about it. But imagine how Ezekiel felt when he gets drawn into this, this valley with all these dry bones. And what he needs is an army, but what he comes across is, is a pile of bones. And, and God says, hey, do you think that there's any way that these could ever come back to life? And I love Ezekiel's answer because he said, you alone know. Like for you and I, I could see going, well, I don't see how that's even possible. And maybe that's how you feel today. Maybe you look around and everything seems like it's pressing in and it's too hard and there's no way. But can I tell you, change your answer. Yeah. Only you know, God. You and you alone have power and control. And I'm going to give you control. In this, in this moment, Ezekiel says, you can have control. You can, you can do what only you can do. But look at the order. God first command, his first command before he even says for the bones to come together, he starts to talk about breath. 
he starts to talk about the spirit. So for many of us, you you have been one of these dry bones. You've been in a place where where you have you were dead, you were you were almost buried. Your your story is one of hardship. Your story is one of, of things going dramatically wrong in your life. Maybe you sit here today and you know that that you are just fortunate that you're even alive because of the way that you lived your, you chose to live your life. You can only imagine this scene as, as Ezekiel is looking at this, this valley of dry bones and, and as he begins to speak what God is telling him to speak, the bones begin to rattle and shake. What an incredible moment. And then they begin to pull themselves together. Can I tell you, our church is no stranger to broken people. I love to see the rattle. I love it when people come in and they find themselves in a place where they feel as though they're hopeless and they're alone. They feel as though they're too far gone. And then they come and they hear something that maybe they've never heard before. They hear this story of hope. They hear about this Jesus who loves them even right where they are. They hear this, this, this understand, they begin to have this understanding that says, it isn't that you have to get yourself to a certain point for Jesus to accept you. He accepts you just as you are. And when all of a sudden that begins to click, the bones begin to rattle. Things begin to shape. Things begin to come together. And that's an amazing moment as we watch and we see people's lives begin to be transformed. I love that we, are, we have now a, a Tuesday night meeting for those who are, are, are walking through recovery and, 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 and trying to keep sobriety and all of those things. And, and we started it just last Tuesday night. And can I tell you, there was 20 people that showed up at that meeting on Tuesday night. I love that. I love that that that's gonna be a space where people can come and be open and real and honest and, and talk about what's going on inside of their lives because there's something about being real. And I've told you this before, I hope that we are always a church where no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've walked into this building from, that you will always understand that we do not expect you to be perfect. We don't want you to pretend to be perfect. We want you to be real. Because God sees you right where you are. He loves you just as you are. And so in this moment, these bones begin to come together. And and imagine with me, if you will, just the vision of this, the, the flesh and the tendons growing and can I tell you, though, in this moment, when, when we see that, that these, these bodies are coming to life, that doesn't actually make the enemy afraid because they're still dead. They're still dead. They don't, they don't pose really any threat to anyone. I mean, what a miracle to see bones just start putting themselves together and and tendons and veins and flesh and all of that's amazing. But can I tell you in this moment as that's taking place, the bodies are still just laying there. There's no threat to any enemy. When does it become a threat? When breath comes in, when the spirit comes in. I want us to look at this and for some of you, you may, be, you may be going, how is this a Holy Spirit sermon? I absolutely think this is a Holy Spirit sermon. 
Because as we look at this and we begin to break it down, we begin to understand that, that the enemy doesn't fear the bodies coming together. He fears the breath of God. Acts chapter one, verse six, or verse eight says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I told you last week when we read that verse that Jesus is giving his disciples their mission statement and he's also giving us our mission statement. So as we look at this, we need to realize Holy Spirit comes on us, why? To go and take back ground from the enemy. Holy Spirit doesn't come on us so that we can throw a Holy Ghost party. He doesn't come on us so we can show off how spiritual we are. He comes on us so that we can change the world. We need to focus on the why and not the what. Now, I want you to hear this because for those of you in Missoula that are joining us here live, we have this night on Thursday night that's gonna be a night of prayer and worship. And with that, the hope and, the, and what, we, what we're seeking in that is for us as believers to come to a place, and I've told you this over the last few weeks, for us to come to a place where we just say, God, I want more of you, right? What can happen is we start to seek the what. What does that mean? We read about the gifts, we read about specific things, and we start to seek those things. The problem with that is, if we seek those things instead of seeking actually what God has for us, then we start chasing after gifts. And I told you last week, don't chase the gifts, chase the giver of the gifts. And when we do that, then all of a sudden what we're doing is we're saying, God, I believe that the why, the reason that we, want, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit is because this world is getting crazier and crazier and the enemy seems to be just running over the church. And so the why is because I want to be part of the army that takes back ground. We need him to do that. We absolutely need Holy Spirit to make that happen. We can so easily get lost in the what gifts do I have or what opportunities will my gifts bring me. But if we get stuck there, we're asking the wrong questions. The what is determined by Holy Spirit and the why has already been told to us by Jesus. So what if we prayed into the why? I'm available, God. Send your spirit. Breathe life into me. Some of you have been in your faith for a while and it's become stagnant to you. Some of you have gotten to a place where you're just going through the motions. Where, where this weekend church thing, that's cool. And I serve occasionally and that's cool. But everything else is just kind of ho-hum and boring. Can I tell you this? Christian life should not be boring to you. If it's boring, then you need to come to a place where you go, Holy Spirit, come. Come. He wants to come in power. He wants to strengthen your walk. He wants to move in you. He wants to show himself faithful inside of you. Luke chapter four, verse 18 says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recover, uh, recovering of sight to the blind, to set a liberty, 
to, to liberty, at liberty them that are bruised. We can be very excited that dry bones came to life, but if we don't understand why they came to life, then we miss the whole point. We need to understand why the, the Spirit of God brought these bones together and brought them to life again. There's a reason for it, and Ezekiel explains it in chapter 37, verse 11. It says this, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. How many of you felt like our nation is finished? Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. So what is he doing? He's breathing life into these bones. Why? Because he's creating an army to go and take back what's been stolen. It's time for the church to stop watching ground be stolen and stolen and stolen. And it's time for us to allow the breath of God to come into us so that we can stand for something. Can I tell you that he doesn't breathe life, he doesn't bring the bones together, the flesh, the tendons, and then breathe life into them so that they can have, we're breathing again parties. Right? He doesn't do it, but I watch, I watch, I watch people who chase Holy Spirit and they do it because they want to show off. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. The why is the important thing. Why? Why do we need Holy Spirit? We don't need him so we can impress other people at church. We need him so that we're empowered to go and stand up for truth, speak truth in love. Remember the love part? We've, we've done whole sermon series on that, right? We are to speak truth. We're to do it in love, but we are also to stand I've been in ministry a long time and I've watched people hop from church to church looking for experiences. They seek experience more than they seek the mission. If you're gonna chase experiences, you're gonna hop from place to place to place. But if you understand that Holy Spirit didn't come to give you some experiences, he's come to give you power so you can change the world. That's why he came. When we seek, many people will seek experience, not strength to fulfill the mission. Look back at Pentecost for a moment. A people who feel defeated, dry, and lost. Jesus has come, he's died on the cross, he's now resurrected, and, he's, and now he's ascended into heaven. Before he ascends into heaven, he gives these people instructions and he says, I'm gonna go it's better for you, we've talked about this already over this series, it's better for you that I go, why? Because then I'm gonna send Holy Spirit. And that's better for you. That's an amazing statement. But he says, so now go and wait. He doesn't say, wait this many days and then this will take place and this is what you can expect. None of that. He just says, go and wait. So they do, they go and they wait. I can only imagine that in those days that they spent in that room, how exhausted they must have been 
how worried they must have been, how overwhelmed. What is this going to look like now? We've been followers of Jesus. He's not here to protect us anymore. What's going to happen to us? All of the things that normally we would think. And then in this moment, the spirit breathes a wind. And these defeated, lost people go from being feeling chaotic to becoming world changers. Many of us spend our Christian existence just holding on and hoping that we make it through. That has never been the design of this thing. He has always said, I want to empower you. I want to I bring power to you so that you will stand when everybody else sits. I want to bring strength to you so that when the world says this is what you have to do and you know it goes against my word, then you will stand and you will not bow to whatever idol they're telling you to bow to this week. I hear people say they want to see more of God. They want to experience more of his presence. God will pour out his spirit on a church that will use it to further his kingdom. I preached a whole message one time called why supply an army that doesn't fight. If we understand Holy Spirit comes so that we will be fighters, then we need to realize that if we're not going to fight, he's not going to supply an army that doesn't fight. He's not going to bring the power that we need so that we can sit in the church and just be excited about what Holy Spirit brings in our lives. The Bible's very clear why Holy Spirit came. He came to empower us to change the world. The Holy Spirit is not for our entertainment. He, he is used to equip a people that are going into battle. I, was, I had prepared this message and, and I, had, I had titled it Battle Ready. And then uh, Pastor Angela, who's at the Dream Center with the team, she sent me a message this week and she said, hey, Look at this picture. I think someday you need to incorporate this into one of your sermons. And so I, I have them. I think they're going to put it up here. But it says, the church is not a cruise ship where a handful of people serve everyone else who's relaxing. No, the church is a battleship where it's all hands on deck and everyone serves the mission. So I took that as a God thing that she happened to send that to me this week. That's absolutely true. God is calling his church. The enemy is not resting. The enemy is not sitting back. He's not back on his heels, relaxing. He is pushing. His days are numbered. And so he's doing everything that he can to steal everything that he can. And we as the church, we need the Holy Spirit. I was thinking about this yesterday as I was looking again at just some of the news that was coming out, and every day it's just worse and worse and worse and worse. It's crazier and crazier and crazier. I don't know how often I can say this because I feel like, oh no, this has got to be about as bad as it's going to get. And then a week goes by and it's like way worse. There's a war on masculinity right now. As, we, as we're at Father's Day weekend, I need you to hear that. There is a war on masculinity and it starts with confusion. The spirit of confusion is rampant in this country right now. Things that we know are not true, we say they're true because we're afraid of what we'll do if, if we don't say it's true. And I'm just telling you right now that we need Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit brings us clarity 
He brings us discernment. He helps us to see things the way that God sees things. And it's easy to get sucked in. Oh, it's, it's harmless. I, I'm gonna offend some people, but I'm sorry, it's just what I'm gonna do. The pronoun thing, stop it. Stop it. That's a gateway drug is what that is. Because you, you step into this thing where you start letting people decide what they are. And I'm telling you right now what that does is then it begins to move you a little bit further from the truth. A little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. And I know some of you are not happy with me right now. But I'm just speaking truth. We need Holy Spirit so that we can have that discernment, so we can stand on what is true. Now, hear me. When we stand, we need to do it with love. People are not our enemy. Satan is the enemy. So we need to love people. We need to understand that, that without the Spirit of God, there is confusion. And there are people that are in your life that are confused. And so I'm not saying go have a big Facebook fight with them because that does nothing. What I am saying is stand on something though. Don't just keep giving up ground. Well, it's fine. That's not that big of a deal. Well, then the next thing isn't that big of a deal. And the next thing, and next thing you know, we're at a place where all of a sudden there are no truths. We are called to stand on truth. It's hope. There are people out there that are so confused and so lost and so hurting and it breaks my heart to watch where they're at. But if the church doesn't say what is true, who will? We've already given up too much ground and now we need Holy Spirit to speak truth to us, to breathe fire back into us, to empower his church again. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and they're going to get ready. But I, I just, I want, to, I want to prepare you because I really, I have no idea what Thursday's going to look like. I have no idea if some of you are so freaked out by this topic that you won't, you won't even come near East Missoula just because you don't want to be anywhere close to it. But I just want to, I guess I want to encourage you this way. I want you to understand there's going to be no formula to it. There's going to be no like high expectation that if you come in these doors, we're going to make you do anything. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. There will be people that will pray with you if you want prayer. There will be opportunity for you to just spend time on your own in prayer. But I would love it if we just filled this room with people who just said, whatever you have for me, that's what I want. God, I, I want to be empowered to be who you're calling me to be. I... I Many of you were dry bones and, and you've been brought back to a place where you are in the form of, of who God wants you to be. Let him breathe his spirit into you. Become who he needs you to become. You are going to have opportunities that I will never have. Don't just say, oh, that day we have a great church staff and they can go and win the lost. That's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Why? So that you can go. So that you can go to Jerusalem, Judea, to the uttermost parts of the earth. He's saying your calling is to go and to win the lost. Some of you go, man, I don't even know how you do that. That's because you need to just trust him. God, give me strength. God, show me, empower me. 
So over this week, and I've been challenging over these last few weeks to just come to this place where you just, I'm not asking you to pray for any specific gift. I'm not asking you to pray. I'm just asking you, pray for more. Pray for more. God is faithful. He knows what you need. What will it look like if a few hundred people say, God, I want more? What could that change? I'll tell you what, it could change everything. It could change it all. But we got to set our comfort level aside and lean in and trust. I'm going to pray over you. We're going to just spend the last few moments in a little bit more worship before we dismiss you. But even in this moment, to just take a few moments. If you're, if you're struggling with this topic, then tell God that. God, I'm struggling with this topic a little bit. I'm having a hard time. Will you show me? Will you reveal to me what you want for me? He's good and he's faithful. Don't just take it because the bald guy said it. Trust him. Trust him. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you haven't called us to just sit back and relax. But we're not people on a cruise ship just waiting for our final destination. God, you've called us to be battle ready. You've called us to take ground from the enemy. Lord, I know that there are some that are sitting here, that are listening, that are watching in other places, that maybe what I've said offended them and now they're in a place where they're beginning to close their ears. But God, I pray that you would speak to them then. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak into their hearts and into their minds, that they would understand that it isn't about hating anyone because that's not what we do. But it's about loving people enough to speak truth. It's about loving people enough to want them to know you so God, we praise you, we honor you. God, I pray even in this week that God, you will reveal yourself to us in new ways, that our expectation will rise. We do give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. The prayer teams will be down here if you want prayer. The altars are open if you wanna come and just spend some time alone in prayer. But I just wanna challenge you to lean in and ask God for more. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.